and welcome back to Talking Rugby week eight. Um, we still have rugby, it's still fantastic. And we're still here, Matt. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Another another week, another weekend to look forward to where we've got some rugby and if it's any it's as just as good as last weekend, then we're in for a great uh, great day of rugby. We are indeed, and it starts again tomorrow. Let's look at Chiefs versus Blues. On Saturday, they kick us off, and then Hurricanes versus Crusaders on Sunday. What do we think? Yeah, two two important matchups in in this uh, competition. I, f- I think the 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 standout is the Crusaders. The name the Crusaders are uh, obviously getting started in this competition uh, this week, which is uh, which is always good because they've got a lot of big names in. Perhaps some more names that uh, Northern Hemisphere fans would recognise. No, they do have a lot of big names, particularly in the forwards there. And there's a lot of history for the Crusaders. Obviously, everyone wants to win this tournament. But Crusaders just might have that little bit extra to become the first team to win this competition. Yeah, it's something that I think a lot of clubs will have on their minds. Like It's obviously a very unique competition. It's not happened uh, before in, in this sort of way as such. And I think with the history Crusaders have got, they'd be pretty keen to add to that. Definitely. And they need a win after losing last week, the Hurricanes do. Um, and it's going to be tough against Crusaders, isn't it? They they hold so much of an attacking threat. Yeah, they've had a you know, tough run of fixtures to start away from home and then the first game at home is the Crusaders. I mean, seeing as this is a round-robin, a twice-round-robin, they've probably got a little bit of you know, it's not do or die in this match, but uh, you, you can't start losing multiple matches in a row because, yeah, it's not a it's not a twenty two round season. It's a it's a ten match season. It's the ten quick fire games, and I mean they've got to have an exciting game. We had the return of the Premier League this week, and it started with a nil nil <laughs> and a controversial no goal. So hopefully, the second week of rugby will bring a lot more atmosphere than the first week of football did. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, classic football's back. Nil nil, controversial goal. Happy days. We've just had a great week Love of rugby. A bit of, <laughs> of English football, indeed. But let's focus on the game tomorrow. Chiefs versus Blues. I'm really excited for this match. Um, Chiefs lost in the last minute compared to Blues' control performance. So, you know, this is going to be great. Yeah, I mean, both teams have got uh, something to play for. Obviously, with in particular the Chiefs who. Probably, well, any team could have won that. Both either team could have won that game last week, but it was the Chiefs who uh, who lost the ball, and and then uh, there went on to be another drop goal at the end. But uh, I think with the Chiefs being at home, Warren Gatland, it's it's a big game, big game for them, and um, they're, they're going to come up against a stern backline that that the Blues have. Indeed, and is Gatlin still experimenting? Aaron Cruden is starting at 10. He's a little bit more experience required, offers a bit of a different dynamic there. Yes, it's a different different way of thinking, you know, slightly different attack. I think he came on last weekend, didn't he, Uh, towards the end? And, um, yeah, everybody knows who he is, what he can do, and this is where Gatlin gets to... You know, try different combinations and perhaps find one that is really successful. Indeed, and we've got rugby back. We're both so excited. But what are you most looking forward to, Matt, this weekend? I think um, 
this weekend uh, I've said it quite a bit already, but uh, the Crusaders definitely to get that uh, team back in action. We've got um, you know Joe Moody, Cody Taylor in the forwards, Sam Whitlock as well, um, all all going at it for the first time. Look, well in this competition at least, and uh, that that that's always that gets me excited. It's like a New Zealand Test match, isn't it? When you see see those sort of names and. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the most uh, you know another milestone as such that rugby really is back in New Zealand. It is definitely back, and it's it's looking fantastic over there. And let's turn our eyes across the water and look at restarting the Premiership. They're still aiming for the fifth mm. of August. Now, most clubs have returned to phase one training, and that means there's no contact. They can only really take part in strength and conditioning. And skill sessions, there's no tackling, set-piece work, anything like that. There are temperature checks at the entrance. I'm so sure people have seen Dan Cole looking <laughs> very happy. Bearing down the barrel. His... <laughs> exactly. I don't know whether that was a temperature check or trying to erase a memory of the World <laughs> Cup. Who knows? But they've got everything in place. And PPE gear is required if you're getting very close to players and of course social distancing is still observed now phase one maybe lasts a few weeks uh, it could be well we don't know it could be up to five weeks and with that uncertainty surely this 15th of august it's in what a nine weeks time mm-hmm. it's getting quite close really and you know nothing is really moving much faster than we thought yeah it's uh the, you know it's kind of like a ticking deadline as such but uh an, an exciting deadline if we can get things moving from phase one to phase two in the next two or three weeks i think that's that's kind of the goal at the minute and perhaps you know at the end of the day the players can only do so much running and if it goes into the four or five weeks then you, you know you're probably looking at a bit of a delayed start i know the you know, we'll, we'll see, I suppose. It's all speculation still, isn't it? It is indeed. We don't We don't know, really, we don't know anything because we're still unsure of the sort of format that is going to be played. Where will games be played? Are they going to be like football, home and away? Or are we going to see neutral grounds? We presume that we're resuming exactly where we left off and that the fixtures mm-hmm. are playing in the same order, but do you think that might still be the case, given how, you know, maybe close we are to restarting, but then cl- how close we are to actually starting the 21-22 season? Yeah, I think even if we start on time on the 15th of August, I say on time in the in the, in the slightest sense of it, but um, you know, 15th of August, what are you then? There's nine rounds left, so you're already talking like October, aren't you, for the semi at final and final, um, it's going to be delayed. I'm I'm pretty confident that it will be. The next season will be delayed, and you know we'll see what the knock-on effects are to that. I mean, it it's so tough because we don't even know. You know, there's this this date in August, and it's fantastic, but it might not even happen, and that's so uncertain. And especially, I guess, for fans mm. of the game, I mean. Will fans be allowed in this season? There's Premier League are suggesting that fans could be allowed in before the Premier League finishes. But what about maybe house household of fans allowing sort of a few households in, staying two meters apart, 
it reduces the capacity a lot but is that you know is it a good thing that we need fans or has the Premier League sort of shown that you can perfectly capable of playing a game without the atmosphere yeah I think you know it's certainly possible without having an atmosphere because we, we, as we've seen in the Premier League you know, f- football is obviously the the leader and in this sense people even the TV channels are trialing whether they're putting fan sound over the top or whether they're leaving it as it is but for me it works fine without it is what it is the situation we're in is is what we're in and I think if stadiums could open there's the chance that you could leave households uh, two meters apart maybe three meters apart but um yeah, I, I originally calculated it calculated it for each like uh, each crowd member and how how many people you could fit in. But then I realised that you know there's there's perhaps a family of three, even four uh, season ticket holders or ticket holders at one household, and you could group them together. Uh, obviously, keeping with social distancing rules, but then you've also got. A, Add in to the fact that people are going to be moving to the toilets, to the get into their seats, getting into the stadium, out of the stadium, and there's there's a lot more to it than just sitting down and watching the match. Indeed, there is, and I've heard sort of a lot of statistics over the last couple of weeks and sort of the theatre world and how they have to fill to make any money, and I don't know sort of what rugby is like in terms of whether actually opening a 25 percent capacity is even worth it financially for them yeah, and then you've got the stewards as well exactly and that's another person that has to be considered and that they're needed of course they are but interestingly there you mentioned the sound noise on <laughs> the premier league what do you make of that i well first of all the the fact that they've got the pa guys you know welcoming the teams onto the pitch i found that quite funny but um <laughs> Yeah, with the crowd noise, I, I don't like it myself. I think, you know, we're in a situation, you know, it is what it is. I think we can't really fake it. I think it's it's historical, obviously. It's not going to happen again, fingers crossed. And it's not happened before. I, I, I quite, you know, it's to mark it as it is, I, I would keep it quiet. But what would you, what would you go for? Well, I do get entirely where you are you know we are at this awful point in time and we have to live with that and sport has to adapt the one thing that I find quite weird is that it gets obviously Sky have implemented this and it's put over the TV and I just feel would it be better if it was actually in the ground Mm. because you know it's fine for us sitting here if we're sat with two members of our household we can have a chat about the game and cheer everybody on but you don't get that when you're at the stadium. So I almost feel if mm. they're going to do it, it might be more worthwhile putting it on the PA system of, in the ground. So at least there's some sort of atmosphere. But I tell you, I wouldn't like to be that sound person <laughs> because, my goodness, the amount of pressure to make sure you press cheer when something's <laughs> done correctly. Don't, I would not like to, to do yeah. that. So I do emphasise that. Yeah, if you, you see the uh, ball going across for a conversion and it actually misses, but you put the cheer on... <laughs> yeah we'd be in a sticky situation so thankfully we're not doing that but a club that we haven't really heard much about who won't be in the premiership next year of course are saracens and surely this all depends on when the championship restarts they could actually go uh, a long period of time without playing a game they could end up playing two 
two matches a weekend in two different competitions. Um, yeah, we have no idea what's going to happen there. I guess I think I've heard somewhere that the championship have adamantly said they're not going to start the next season until they can get fans in, which uh, makes sense seeing as they probably rely on um, gate receipts more than more than the Premiership. Well, significantly more than the Premiership. Um, so yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Maybe that doesn't start until. I don't know, maybe you can't get fans in until January, February time. And then, obviously, Saracens do have time to finish the season. But, yeah, again, speculation. That's so bizarre if Saracens could potentially go 12 months mm. without paying a game. If you sort of look on where New Zealand are and allowing crowds in, they have no cases. We still have thousands of cases a day, a week. So sort of the level that we need to be at to be able to let crowds into the game. Could you imagine ever when Saracen's scandal was announced that potentially they might not even play a game of rugby in the season that they've been punished for? Yeah, it's it's getting worse for them, isn't it, really? You know, this is a weird season anyway, the way it started. And then, then Saracen's came along and had that punishment. And then it, it could get even stranger for them without games or perhaps maybe playing two competitions, you know, finishing the premiership and then starting the championship straight away. Who knows what could happen? But I think the worrying, or perhaps more worrying, is Newcastle because they've not got the the money that Saracens have got and they could be in a bit of trouble. They could indeed this season. It's just weird, isn't <laughs> it? You know, you look at... We started in mid-October, absolutely fine. We had the World Cup, that was brilliant, but England lost, so that wasn't fantastic. And then we sort of got over the late start and everybody enjoyed it and we had, you know, the cold Friday nights and it was brilliant. And then Saracen's story started to emerge and people got chattering and then it broke (laughs) and everyone was shocked and then they said they didn't do it. And then, you know, time went past and yes, they have done it and... They're going down, and that completely flipped the world on its head. And then we get hit by this. So <laughs> this season, I think, is probably the weirdest. Yeah. And please, somebody quote me if I'm wrong, but the weirdest season for Gallagher Premiership in the history, I think, it's ever started. Yeah, maybe in 10, 15 years' time, we'll look back at a round one game from this season and think, oh, little did we know. <laughs> Little did we all know back in December what, that, that this was going to what happen. What next? Oh, I'm sure there'll be some good exactly. trivia. Exactly. Gosh, that will be a yeah, very good rugby quiz in <laughs> ten years to time. Ten years time. But there's some hope across the pond because Pro 14 are aiming for August 22nd start. So just um, seven days after the Gallagher Premiership are presuming to start, they're changing their format. Uh, remaining eight rounds of fixtures won't be played. And this seems really good. The first two weeks will be derby matches, back-to-back, same teams, followed by semi-finals and finals. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, this is a really good idea. Um, you know, if you look at in Heineken Cup every year, they have that back-to-back game. Um, you know, you play the same team in two weeks around Christmas time. And that's a really fantastic fixture. I think it's one of the real strengths of the rugby calendar. I'd uh, hate to see that go if it ever does go. And uh, this kind of replicates that in. I think they do it anyway in the in the Pro 14 every year. But uh, to start with the derby matches, and uh, to say that well, if you need any points, any qualification, this is your only chance to get it because they're not going to 
have any more rugby after those two matches, which is, wow, I'll, I'll be tuning into that. It seems a really fantastic idea, and I can assure you, I don't think there'll be a nil-nil no. opener, which will be quite nice. <laughs> do you think they could do something similar with the Premiership like that, or is it, obviously, it's probably not logistical? Oh, it's so tough, because I think if you look at where the Premiership was going, Gloucester were sort of in a position that had Saracens not been automatically relegated they could have been in a relegation battle but then you know would Johan Ackerman have a would have left had the season mm. been continuing and David Humphreys then you sort of look at Tigers where would they have been so I think because there was so much so much uncertainty already mm-hmm. whether we just say you know what here's the top four back to back yeah off you go, have fun. I just, I honestly can't see this season having any sort of merit, no. and that whether the remaining of these games are used as pre-season for next year, I think probably be the best option because then at least you've got game time with players that. As it's so hard because players that have moved contract, they still would have been playing these games with their old club, but they're now with their new club. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? You know what? I'm just really happy I'm I'm not in charge of it. How about this is a, a wild card? Go on. So, you split the table up into four, uh, three groups of four. Mm. So, you've got the top four and then, uh, and obviously, so on. And you play uh, everybody in that home and away. Yeah, that's a good and shout. Have a, that's a really good shout. Have a final, the top two. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I don't like know. That. Right, Matt, that's your goal for this week. Let's pitch, pitch that to Premiership Rugby. <laughs> okay. Now, in the podcast, we've been doing a fantastic series that we think, which looks at the Prem 12 plus one. And this week, we're focusing on Northampton Saints. And they are doing well. They are doing really well. They're currently sat fourth. <laughs> and they finished fourth last season. They finished ninth before that, seventh, fifth. Uh, they've topped the table in 2015-14 season. So that's really good for them. They are becoming a powerhouse. Yeah, they've always been kind of knocking on the door, um, you know, ch- challenging, saying, hey, we can have a go at this. And then they finally did it, didn't they, in in the early sort of 10s, that kind of time. But then they, they dropped off, uh, I think, probably... They they kept hold of players that were probably past it, uh, if if that makes sense for a season or two too long, and then obviously Jim Mallander had to leave, but yeah, they're they're doing well again now. They are. I mean, if you look at when they won the league in thirteen fourteen, sort of where they've gone from then, they've been quite consistent except for the sixteen seventeen seventeen eighteen season, and I think that actually now that they are quickly finding their way again and they're turning that sort of burnt out spark into something great and this season they've started really strongly they they were at the top of the table for a while and they started to sort of look like the team to beat didn't they yes they they were really really strong and quite a you know you didn't want to be playing them at the weekend everybody could beat everybody in the in the premiership but there's perhaps a question mark over Northampton and Exeter um, at the start of the season but yeah, they they started to get beat, um, probably just around the Christmas period, and then 
and then they, you know the last few weeks I think they they was it London Irish they played at home with Stephen Myler I think he they beat London Irish beat Saints and uh, that that was kind of the game where they for me that's shown that they they need a bit of probably sunny weather and fast uh, fast grass for their backs to fire. Um, but yeah, they'll soon they'll, when the sun comes out again in this uh, summer. Perhaps the restart will do them well. In fact, that it's quite a lot of summer rugby. Potentially, I mean, their backs are insane. Mister T <laughs> on the wing, such a powerful winger. I mean, they've got Cobus Ryan. I can obviously Courtney Laws in the forwards brings a tremendous amount of experience for them. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about about saints i am so excited for i'm like a child on christmas <laughs> for this northampton saints are doing a behind the scenes fly on the wall documentary and i honestly cannot wait we saw all or nothing with the all blacks on amazon prime and that was incredible if you haven't seen it go do it now stop the podcast go, <laughs> go watch because it's incredible and i'm so excited to have something like this with northampton BBC did a news beat with um, Harlequins and that was really good. But this sort of being a full-blown series must be, it can only be fantastic for rugby. Yeah, it's great. I mean, for, first off, it's a big money earner for Northampton and then it's a great platform for advertisement of the whole league or even the sport as a whole on on a platform that anybody can kind of access. That You know, a lot of people access anyway and potentially find new fans potentially find um, you know, more commercial routes and it, yeah I think it's a win-win it surely has to be a win-win I mean you you mentioned there are more fans it can only be good people love sports documentaries look at how the last dance went down on Netflix all or nothing with um, the NFL with Manchester City everybody loves a good sports documentary there's something about them I think it might be because sort of you view sports stars maybe a little bit out of the normal and to have an insight into what they get up to is fantastic and I just can't wait can it can we just <laughs> sort it out tomorrow and then we've got something to watch and it would just be amazing to have it so absolutely I think drive to survive another one for Formula One. Oh yes was, of course that was really good um but yeah to get this deal across the line, I really want it to happen. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, who wants to see Northampton? <laughs> why is it not Saracens or why is it not, uh, I don't know, Bristol are on a great journey? Uh, somebody like that. But, yeah, I, I don't really mind who it is. I'm sure the other 11 teams in the league will be really happy to see what's going on behind the scenes at Northampton. Um, I, I think it's a real win-win for the, for the sport. And, Potentially, some people need to, I don't know, take it as a as a rugby thing rather than a Northampton thing. Yeah, definitely. Don't think about it as a club. Think about it as a fantastic step this can take for giving rugby the exposure that it needs and it deserves. Yeah, indeed. And there we go. That is week eight done. Gosh, two months, Matt. That has flown past. Enjoy all the Super Rugby tomorrow and we will be back next week looking at how it all went, seeing if we got anything right (laughs) and discussing another team. We'll see you soon. (laughs)